Hi everybody. If you're in Melbourne, I hope you're going okay. We're in another lockdown, our fourth lockdown, second this year, and I just my heart goes out to everybody here in Victoria. I don't know about you, but with the announcement of another lockdown, my body went into a complete just trauma response almost. I felt exhausted, overwhelmed, and I just I just really struggled to kind of plan for the week ahead. Um, and maybe that was just some of those unrealistic fears that it would be like it was uh, in winter last year. So if you're in Victoria, take care of yourself. Um, I guess that's that's all we can really do. Hopefully this will pass and we'll get through it together. In today's interview, uh, we have a return guest, Kate Taylor, and Kate uh, shares some of her tips and tricks for uh, your resume, for getting the jobs that you want, some things to put in your resume. Uh, you must write a cover letter. I cannot tell you how important that is. Um, I've just gone through a round of recruitment for some admin support and about half of the people didn't include a cover letter and they were automatically rejected. So you must, must, must put a cover letter. And she gives some tips on how to target that for the specific job that you're after and how to give yourself that competitive edge. I hope you enjoy my second episode with Kate. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, Kate. How are you going, Kate? Hey, good, thanks. So for those who uh, are fans of the podcast, or even if you uh, this is your first time, welcome. Uh, Kate and I did an interview, I think it was around episode 24. So this is Kate's second time on the podcast. Our first episode was talking about... Um, making first impressions. So I think if you kind of look through the old podcast uh, feed, you'll find uh, episode 24, uh, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. And now we've got Kate back to talk about uh, recruitment and applications. Yes, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> yeah, so we decided to do this podcast. Um, I guess what sparked it for me is I'm in the process of recruiting for my practice, the therapy hub, and I can see a lot of movement um, of people in the field with uh, moving into private practice, moving across jobs, uh, people finding um, new pathways with new jobs that have been created. So I thought it'd be a really good chance to have a chat about how do we make our applications stand out? So I guess that can be the, the first question over to you, Kate. Um, maybe actually I'll, I'll rewind again, just get us the audience to have a listen to who you are and what you do before I launch into a question. Sure, sounds good. <laughs> so tell us, what do you do? And um, yeah, all about you. Okay, yeah. So I'm the um, founder and managing director of Taylor Care Group. Um, a very exciting business that I've been part of and running for eight years now, uh, very hands-on in the business. I run a recruitment agency in the community services sector for the eight past eight years and more recently been running telehealth services for people um, during COVID lockdown counselling services. So yeah, that's been really exciting to be part of and obviously seeing a lot of shifts and changes in the industry and the market since COVID and the pandemic and things that are happening. So it's a great time to, I guess, reassess and think, how do we present in the market? What are we doing? What does our applications look like? And what do we, how do we show up, you know, in this marketplace? And uh, yeah, I have come up with some new ideas that I think might help some of your listeners. Wonderful. Thanks, Kate. 
So we, I guess we wanted to kind of start with how do we make our applications stand out? And I guess we're talking more specifically allied health um, in, in this in this context. Um, I'm sure maybe other yep. people have different tips and different industries might have um, other things to kind of consider. But what are some of the things that allied health would, you know, thinking social worker, psychologist, um, counsellors, maybe occupational therapist, speech paths, that kind of industry, yep. what can they do? What can they do to make their applications pop? Yeah, so this is, that's our jam. We recruit for all those roles at Telecare. Uh, and the thing that I'm finding is, is that it's really important to be very proactive um, in this competitive job market. We're seeing a lot of roles, um, allied health, there's a lot of roles happening um, and there's a lot of choice. So we've got job seekers who have so many roles they can pick from um, and it's like, how do you pick a job? Whereas social work um, and, and counselling and psych, we're not seeing as much movement. So uh, it's, it's, it's actually tr harder to find the job that you're looking for. So I guess um, depending on which role you're, you're in or what camp you're in would be different. But some of the tips that I think might help um, would be to make sure you just um, be proactive uh, with your, your job hunting. So every few, like a few times a week, jump on, seek indeed ethical jobs and just see what's coming up in your industry. See if um, any roles are of interest. Now, have a think about what you're applying for too. So, um, you know, it's better to have quality over quantity and go for the roles that you think you really fit. Um, but also another tip, someone said to me recently, oh, if the job's advertised for more than two weeks, I don't apply because I think I've got no chance of getting in. And I just want to remind people that, um, you know, as advertisers, we can advertise our role for 30 days um, online. And if um, it's actually by law, you have to take that job down if it's filled. So if the role isn't filled, if the ad is still up, regardless of how long it's been on there, don't hesitate to apply because um, you could you could be just the person that, um, you know, we're looking for at that time. And it could be two weeks in and you've applied and you're the perfect match. So um, don't let that stop you from applying. Um, and if you're concerned that maybe it's filled or you're not sure if it's still available, give the, um, the contact on the, on the job ad a call and introduce yourself and tell them about yourself and what you do and say, hey, I'm really interested in applying, what's happening? Just be really proactive and don't be afraid to speak up and to give them a call because um, then it makes you more memorable to the person that um, has posted the ad. So, um, yeah, I get that when people call me, um, I actually, you know, give them a bit of time and talk to them. Whereas if they hadn't called, I probably might not have contacted them. I just send them an email. So it's definitely something to remember when you're applying for jobs. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because some of the, I think I've been in both um, as a someone searching. Sometimes I leave things to the last minute and I don't apply till the night before something closes. But then I've also seen other people, um, they apply as soon as it comes up. And if they're the right person, that job gets taken down. So what advice do you have for people around you know, that you mentioned not assuming that it's been taken just because it's more than a couple of weeks old. Like, how do they manage that? Yeah, yeah it is a challenge. But, yeah, like I said, they have to actually um, expire the ad early if they haven't, if they've filled it. So you can't falsely advertise a job that's not real or doesn't exist. So if it's filled, the um, employer should take the ad down. So don't hesitate to apply if you see it, regardless of how long it's been up. Um, because there is a reason um, it's still there <laughs> and it's looking for maybe you to apply. Great. So you mentioned being proactive and contacting people for a chat. 
I found this yep. one interesting. I've had people contact me through email um, and I have to say I've been a bit disappointed by how that's done. So people will just say, hey, I noticed okay. you're looking for this. I don't meet that criteria. Should I still apply? When we're saying contacting and being proactive, what are some tips you can share with people about how to do that well? Because that's your first impression. If that email is that's the first true. contact they're having with you, that's your yes. first impression. So how do we do that well? Yeah, I think it's definitely, um, you know, your any communication you have with the employer, any calls, any emails, um, is that like your first impression so ourselves down at the start like don't say oh, I don't meet the criteria like actually say hey I've noticed your role do a bit of homework look at the company's website um, say I noticed you guys specialize in xyz would um, I've got eight, um, eight years experience in social work and really looking to get into counseling um, this is my specialization almost like a bit of a sales pitch of yourself when I know it can seem awkward especially in this sector people don't like to talk themselves up but think about what your referees say about you. Think about what your managers say that you do well. Like mention that, you know, it doesn't have to be a full like cover letter, but it can just be a few paragraphs just to capture the reader's attention to say, hey, this person sounds interesting. I want to pick up the phone and talk to them. Um, if, it, if it sounds like a standard application and you're just like having bothered to check out the company's name, who's the that you're in standard in sending to like insight see who the staff are see who the contact is or give them a call and say hey i want to send an email through who's the best person to email i um, am more likely to read an email if someone's bothered to read my name say hi kate you know i'm applying for this role rather than just hi or to whom it may concern like it doesn't really it doesn't make me think you've gone to the effort to really try hard so these are just some little things that I think stand out for me. I don't know about you, Marie, but I think that really, um, it always impresses me, especially the phone call. When someone calls me, I'm like, actually majority of the people I employ internally within recruitment business is the ones that have called and been proactive and said, hey, I'm really interested in your company. I've had some look on your website, seen what you're up to, would love to know more and see if you're looking for someone like me to join your team. Like that always impresses me rather than just sending an email. Because we always get so many emails and we get flooded, like even just leaving a nice voicemail for someone if they're busy, you know, it's just, it makes the person want to call you back. Yeah, I agree. And I've had so many people put through um, applications, firstly, with no cover letter, which I'm sure we'll get to, but that's a big pet peeve of mine, not putting a cover letter, but also saying to whom we may concern, but then within the text, having something like, and I look forward to working at your college. It's like, yeah, you clearly haven't changed that to suit the new place that you're applying for you copy just, and paste yeah and it's not hard to especially I've got such a big social media presence with the podcast and with the practice that it wouldn't be hard to find my name and say hey Marie I you know these are my passions this is what I listen to this is why I want to work with you and I find that really lacking in a lot of the applicants that I've been receiving it's what I advise my students to do you know have a chat, give them a call, do some research. If you know, if you're applying for a job uh, as a group facilitator and you haven't done that entirely, look at the framework and then say how you've met those other components and you're willing to learn. And here's some training that you could yeah. do, got the job and you come prepared for that. Because I think we've talked about before in another episode, 
um, being teachable and being a learner is yes. such a valuable skill set. So if you haven't done that learning, that research to even put it in your application, you're not putting your best foot forward. No, exactly. Um, and that's the thing, yeah, it's our, um, you can never, you know, read your first impression and you've got to think of your application, your phone call, all that is like your shop front, you know, like you're presenting yourself in the marketplace. And if you have just like lack attention to detail, lack um, effort, it shows and it's going to, you know, if you saw a shop that didn't um, have a nice display in the window, that didn't um, have some nice imaging or branding or, you know, just, um, you know, it wouldn't entice you to go in, right? Like if it just looked like a, you know, shop that's a bit run down, that hasn't maintained their, their image, you know, it doesn't make you feel like, oh, this is a place I want to go, you know. So you have to give people um, that, you know, in how you present. Um, with your application process so I think that's really important so you know we've talked a little bit about the actual physical document and we'll go through a bit more tips what do you think about people enrolling in like if they've got a real interest in pivoting in their career and moving from let's say um, they've worked in adult psychiatry mental health sort of space and they want to work with children and so they're looking for any job in that field what what would you say um, to the idea of you know, enroll in a few short courses, or, you know, currently put certificate XYZ um, currently under progress or enrolled in, like actually showing that you're attending some extra training to beef up your experience, like not just the written document, but actually show that you're eager. How does that kind of sit with you? Yeah, I think um, as we were saying, it's all about being teachable. And I think if you can show that you've been proactive, you've researched course courses you can do or if there's short ones you can do do them um, but if it's like an actual or certificate or postgrad um, study then obviously I would um, do a brief it's actually necessary for the role you've got um, or whether you've got enough like transferable skills that someone will give you a chance so um, yeah just really think about um, what it is that you're lacking in terms of that skill set trying to transfer into something else um, and doing some extra courses on that is always going to be a benefit and show that you're proactive in, in learning. I think um, the main thing is you don't have, like I hire people who have actually in my business recently who have come from different industries um, and I'm, I've seen their talent and seen how they their skill set and how it can transfer across. Now, I guess I'm a very open-minded manager and business owner, but it's important. I look for their um, the personality, um, what they bring, their energy, Uh, and the culture fit how they're going to fit into my culture and the way we work um, and then how teachable they are and if those things meet up for me then I'm willing to um, give them a chance and so yeah I've got guys come from like the further education space recruiting international students who lost his job in COVID um, and he's now come on as our you know um, admin person and helping us in the business and you know he's learning all about you know the customer service and the recruitment side of things and he's got a lot of transferable skills that I've brought across. So, like, uh, yeah, don't think you don't have a chance if you don't have exact skill set for what they're mm. looking for. If you kind of tick, like, you know, um, 70 to 70% of the boxes, then go for it. And yeah. But just remain teachable and proactive in, in that you want to upskill in that area. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even go one for, I mean, I'm um, an avid learner. Like, I almost would say I have a problem for buying too many online PDs and books. But I would almost say, especially now with COVID, so much training has gone online as an access yes. anytime. If you've got a job that you're applying for in a couple of weeks, within a weekend, you can upskill yourself with a 
12 hour PD, a two day course and whack yeah. it on there. Like it's actually not that difficult to do a introduction to trauma, introduction to working with kids, a motivational interviewing, yeah. play therapy, CBT basics. Like you can within a weekend head down, bum up and get a little, you know, a mini certificate in something to show, yeah, I've done this. And then you can talk to that in your interview or in your application. Exactly. And so I think maybe it's a hesitation for people to spend money on themselves, but I think just like we've talked about the importance of supervision, you need to be the best version of yourself to apply for some of these jobs because we're working with vulnerable people. We're working in healthcare, in mental health, in spaces where people are expecting you to be the best person that they're going to come in contact with. And I think we forget about that. It's not just, yes, they're jobs and they pay the bills and that's, that's how it works, but you also need to be doing that little bit extra, I think. Yes, exactly. I agree. All right. So we've had a pandemic. Australia's come out um, pretty well considering, um, and I think Victoria a little harder hit than uh, you guys up in New South yes. Wales. But why is now an ideal time to move jobs? What's, um, what's happening in the market, in the job yeah, market? Yeah, so I've noticed, um, yeah, there's a bit of a shift. And I think some people are really hesitant to apply for roles right now and to move um, because they're afraid of um, like the job security. So say if you've passed probation in your current role, um, even if you're not really happy, it's kind of a lot of people just putting up with things because they're like worried about job security long-term and the ups and downs of the pandemic. And, you know, what, you know, while we're still waiting for the vaccine in Australia, like it could still have another flare up or lockdowns could still happen. And, so I think people are a bit nervous about that. Um, also, um, you know, people are apparently, according to Seek, people are getting counteroffered from their employer when, when they try and leave. So they're applying for things, they get a job offer, and then their current employer tries to counteroffer them. So really think about if someone gives you a counteroffer, would you still want to stay there or not um, before you start applying for jobs? Because it does use a lot of energy going for jobs and applying, but also, um, you know, realizing is that the kind of basis you want a promotion or progression or more money in your current company is that you have to threaten to leave like what kind of impression is that you know um, I think long term most people that do stay when they get counter offered end up leaving within three months anyway so um, the average so you know just um, be mindful of that when you um, do get counter offered potentially um, but also be mindful that um, you know I'm noticing a bit of a shift um, but what I'm seeing is, is that people that haven't been happy in their role, who've kind of stuck it out during the pandemic, if you are willing to pay even change, I've been getting people packages that they could never have dreamed of. So you might have felt like you're in a job that was a stepping stone. I had a manager I just placed uh, recently, um, last week actually, and she'd been in an op- she took an operations role in a startup NJS service during COVID and it hasn't worked out for her. Um, and then she came to me and I was able to get her an executive manager role in a, in a really well-known not-for-profit. Um, and so after four months of working in this company that's just been stressing her out, not happy, she's made the bold move to apply for something else through us. We've got her a job and she's ended up getting a $24,000 increase in her package um, that she wasn't getting. So people are paying up now that they weren't before. So if you're looking for that pay rise, looking for that opportunity to progress or something new, this is the time to start looking because uh, people are willing to uh, pay for that in the market I'm seeing at the moment. 
And I, I mean, I, I'm curious to hear what you have to say, but I've, I've seen it a lot of the groups that I'm a part of. I think you also have to have the goods to back that up. I'm seeing a lot of graduates or, you know, one year out practitioners sort of trying to negotiate salary. And it's like, look, I think it's, it's yeah, go, but you, you're still a graduate, like your degree, even if it's the six year psychology pathway or the, the eight year clean psych pathway or four year psych, uh, social work with the added, added years of mental health accreditation, that is then the minimum you need to get into some of those jobs. So you still then enter the workforce at the bottom of the food chain, for lack of a better phrase. So uh-huh. how do you feel about people knowing their worth, but also being realistic about what they bring to the table? Yeah, so I think that was a case where she, you know, someone 15 years in the industry. So she had that kind of thing to back her up. And I think for new grads as well, just being really humble about where you're starting from. Um, because you know you don't want to come across as um, you know too like focusing on the dollar sign think about the opportunity the job the going to get you know some jobs are job so yeah you might want 90k job but you might have to start at 70 and work your way up for a few years you know there's um, there's yeah a lot to set in the deck take the time to learn and grow along the way. Um, I feel like, you know, if you go at a high level straight away or go at a higher salary straight away, you kind of don't appreciate it or have an appreciative journey to get there. And I have much to learn um, in, in life and career by experience. Um, and you can't, yeah, no qualification or university degree will can beat that. So you need a mix of the two to be able to command a high salary. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. All right, so our, our third question I wanted to pose to you, um, and I'll let listeners know that Kate drafted most of these questions with my help, so we kind of know a little bit about how we're directing um, some of these tips today. But what are recruiters and employers looking for when shortlisting applications? So let's say we've put out job ads or we're engaging with a recruitment service like yourself and resumes and applications are coming in you tend to go through a process of shortlisting what are we looking for what's the what are some of the key things yeah more than ever um we so say companies had to let stuff go or programs have shut down during covid they're now getting funding they're having to recruit and they've got a mass volume of people to look at so you want to stand out um, in your application but also make their life easier by making things very clear from the beginning with how you present. Um, what I'm seeing is, is that, um, you know, that like we were saying that attention to detail and care in what you present, you know, your shop front is your application before anyone's willing to pick up the phone and talk to you. So how are you showing up in that space? Um, think about, you know, if you've just, if you've been in jobs for a long time and you just keep adding your last job to the top of the CV and you haven't revamped it like for five or 10 years, it's time to refresh. It takes a couple of hours to redo your whole CV. Um, you know, there's templates online and, and, you know, I'm happy to give a template if people want it, but um, that I recommend. But, you know, even for me, like as a business owner, I've run my own business for eight years. Um, I was going for a business award recently and I had to redo my my CV and I hadn't, I was the same. I hadn't redone it like for 10 years. I just kept, because I've been running my own business for eight, so I didn't need to, Right. But I was like, you know what? I actually need to practice what I preach and actually give my CV a revamp. And it took me a couple of hours, um, but it looks so much better now. Um, and it's, yeah, so much more clearer. And 
you don't um, don't overdo it. So I would say, you know, if you've got um, minimal experience, you know, one like two page CVs, great. If you've got lot a lot of experience, try and keep it to four pages. Like, don't overdo it. Keep it clear and concise. Keep your like um, little bio at the top. Um, I always like to read that. Um, and then your qualifications, and then your work experience. So it's very clear when I'm looking as a recruiter what what experience you have and what your qualifications are, because that can determine what role you're suitable for. Um, so that's important. And yeah, just definitely uh, don't, like if you haven't done your CV in a while, it's time to revamp it um, and get it looking more, um, you know, just graphics and images, um, even a photo. I like, some people don't like having photos, but if you've got a nice headshot, it makes you memorable. Um, whereas if you just have a standard word document um, or PDF, it's just a bit um, boring, you know, and you, you're not remembered. Um, but someone who has a nice, I see CVs all the time. And actually, funny enough, in 12 years in recruitment, I've never seen, very rarely see any CV the same. And so it's amazing. There's so many variations that people can come up with for CVs. Um, but yeah, there is definitely some things that look better than others, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You did mention around um, refreshing your CV. I think some people are a little bit better at updating their cover letters, but not as um, thorough in, you know, you often see people have, let's say their job, you know, case manager at XYZ service and dot point, dot point, dot point of all the different things. I would encourage people to actually tweak those dot points as well, depending on the job they're applying for. So if they're applying for a you know, a more policy or sort of um, administrative type role, go back through and see, you know, refresh your memory on what you did in those jobs that you can change some of those dot points. Like maybe it's not super necessary or at all relevant to say, I was trained in peg feeding. I helped with personal care and yes. hygiene. If you're applying for a job, which is all administrative based, maybe you can exactly. say something like followed procedures, implemented a new X, Y, Z. So you can change those dot points to reflect the job you're applying for, not just the cover letter. How do you exactly. recommend people kind of do that? No, I think that's great advice. If you, um, yeah, and it's definitely like I have a few versions of my CV. So you might have one that's for going for child protection roles. You might have one that's for mental health roles, one that's more admin, like policy management roles. You could have a few different versions that you could tailor, um, like you said, and expand on those points based on the, type of role that you're applying for mm, absolutely all right well I'm glad that um it wasn't just a weird expectation that I had but it's something that I've been telling some of the students and um sort of the graduates that I've worked with um and in supervision as well um I guess job hunting comes up a lot and how we kind of put our best foot forward what are some of the tips you have for people if they're just they're not good at the resume bit I know some people can be brilliant practitioners but are, are just they're not great at either um, articulating how they've done what they've done and putting that into a nicely formatted piece of paper are there any DIY tips and then what can they outsource what are your suggestions yeah. on that yeah I think it's definitely uh, we often are great at our jobs but not great at selling ourselves especially in community services I see it a lot people are really amazing even the most experienced people that lady I just placed who's got the 24k increase on her package like she was like even said to me oh I think I really undersell myself and I was like yeah you do like you actually have all these amazing skills and experience and sometimes it takes a recruiter or someone else um, that 
a manager or someone that you've worked with that can say, hey, this is what you do really well. Um, and what and and how do you present that? And I guess it's not uh, confidence is contagious, and so it's not about um, you know being arrogant or up yourself. It's actually about being confident in, and and clear on what you bring to the table in how you present. Um, you know there are definitely um, some format. You know you can Google CV templates online and look at some different ones. But if you're looking for a more customized service where you've kind of done your CV but you're not sure if it's on the right track and you'd like a professional to help you with that. Um, a service we offer at TaylorCare is, um, you know, future-proof your career. So we run um, a CV writing service and um, cover letter so we can actually edit your cover letter and CV to make you stand out and shine. We helped some new grads recently do that um, because they were just not getting a look in for jobs. And we we're able to, you know, through talking to them, um, really looking at what they've done and nutting that out and actually expanding on their CVs and cover letters gave them that edge when applying for roles. Um, so yeah, so that's something it's always easier for someone else to promote you and, and say what you're great at based on talking to you than what it is for yourself. So definitely reach out if that's something you might need at www.taylorcare.com.au. Um, and it's from $149 upwards, um, this different packages, depending what you need help with. Um, uh, but yeah, it's definitely something we found helpful, especially during COVID for new grads. I think that's really important. I, and I think there's a bit of a hesitation um, in particular in the um, welfare, allied health, sort of healthcare space around investing into yourself when you're looking at recruiting. But, you know, if getting the right resume and um, spending the time with someone to get that done um, in a way that stands out, if you get a job a week earlier than somebody else, you've paid for that back already. You know, if you get a job where you negotiate um, an extra um, professional development opportunity or an extra training or some supervision, you've paid for that back already. So it really does pay itself back. It's an investment in getting you the right job. Exactly. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you've got to, you know, put your best foot forward and, you know, present for the job you want, not the job you've got and make sure you show up in that way in how you present in every in your cv in your emails in your phone calls in every area of the pro of the application process show up like you have got that job already and and go after it yeah awesome and i think i mean i wanted to add in some diy tips that i think i think it's i would never send an application through without having someone else proofread it um i, I don't i can't believe how many i get with huge errors um, really bad formatting you know if you send it as a pdf if you're not sure if your word doc will, will format properly like proofread it print it out read it out aloud some things just make no sense at all um <laughs> and that's really concerning because part of the roles sometimes require you know case noting and writing reports and i think if you can't do that or you're not um prepared to invest in the time you're not standing out and it's a shame because I think you're right there are some they some people undersell themselves and might actually be good practitioners but if yeah. you've got a dozen resumes in front of you you look for the best ones like that's just the way it goes yes yeah and I think that's something that's very important point is that yeah just attention to detail so when we as a recruitment company, one of my things is I don't change your whole CV when I send it to my clients. I, I try and keep it the way you've written it because I want the employer to see how you write, how you present, how you show up. Um, obviously, we edit if formatting is an issue, but being, um, you know, we want that to show the employer how you stand out and why you're different. We don't want everyone to look the same standard format. Um, so, yeah, that attention to detail is critical 
um because it shows can they do report writing can they you know do case notes like you said and are they going to show up in the way that um is how we want our brand to be represented in the market yeah what do you think about adding in um like buzzwords or power words without follow-up so i've seen a lot of cover letters that say i'm passionate about this and i have proven experience in this but they haven't actually listed what that proven experience is or they haven't sort of attached a key selection criteria and said, I have proven experience in managing complex cases. Um, my role yeah. at this company included blah, 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 in which I was responsible for. So they're throwing the buzzwords out and passionate drives me nuts. I'm so sick of saying passionate without follow-up. Um, <laughs> you know, proven without True. an example. Like there are these, these buzzwords thrown out. Um, and I, I get it. I know you're passionate because that's what you've studied. You're looking for a job in the field, but how do you get that across that it's, it's genuine and it's backed up with tangible things that an employer is looking for? Yeah, so one of the things you could do is actually look on their company's website and see what their values and mission is. And actually, because um, a lot of people question, how do you meet our values and our mission to fit our culture? So it could be just looking at um, seeing their values and mission and it might be, um, you know, integrity, honesty, you know, and um, like some, something like that that they list as their, as their mission um, and actually listing that and how you meet that. Like that's got strong integrity. I have always upheld confidentiality of my clients. I always go the extra mile. Like, you know, like actually give example um, to back it up, like you said, um, not just using it as a buzzword. Um, is really important. And yeah, definitely that's something I know employers do look for. Do you think, I mean, I know in um, in the private practice space, we talk a lot about niching down and how if you kind of know your target audience, you can then create your whole vibe around that. So you would have the same recruiting for the healthcare space. You're not recruiting for IT. You're not recruiting for yeah. other agencies. So you can really, you can become really good at what you're doing. I, do you think people searching for jobs are sometimes too scared to say this is my specific skill set because they, they want to make it look like they can do everything so that they can be more adaptable mm -hmm. to a job, but then they don't actually appeal to anybody? Yeah, true. You can become too generalist and not specific enough for the role. Um, you know, it doesn't take long to edit a CV um, or a cover letter to match the, the company you're applying for. Um, but, you know, and keep your cover letter to like one page. Like we, employers don't have time to read full on detailed five page letter about your life and your career. Like keep it short and sweet, keep it clear and concise. But yeah, give examples, make it quality um, over quantity. And yeah, just really make yourself um, stand out. Even in your email, be very clear, check your grammar, your spelling, that kind of thing. You know, it's not always, like, make sure you just run it through spell check. Like actually have a think how it looks. Um, because that you're being judged on all those little details. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I think it's important to, to take in, you know, to account all the things we've talked about. So once you know the job you want to apply for, research it, look up anybody that you can see on the website on LinkedIn or check out if they've got yep. a Facebook page, check their social, see what they're about. Um, you know, you can get a, you know, if, if it's a local um, disability service and they're running um, picnics and fun runs, then you might actually think, oh, I kind of, I, I do that. And that might be part of your cover letter. We say in 2019, I was part of a group who ran the, xyz marathon and we raise money for this charity and it's something i'm really passionate about like you can then tailor your your application for each job and i think that's really important 
Yeah, no, that that's, um, would definitely impress me if someone did that. <laughs> Ran a marathon, me too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's not, it's um, interesting. I think those, and I've, uh, you know, my partner is in a position where um, he looks at a lot of resumes as well, and we often kind of look over some of them together. Even something like that actually does stand out. If someone's like, yeah, I did run a marathon and I think it shows my diligence and commitment to training. Um, it was a rewarding experience. Like, you know, things like that, if people pitch it well, um, you know, I think I still have in my cover letter, it's been a few years since I've used it, but, you know, that I, after high school, I went um, traveling through Central and South America and I got a job teaching English in Ecuador. And from a young age, I was really interested in culture. Like I've still got that in my resume. It probably needs an update, but I think it, um, <laughs> yeah. at the time it worked, it had people realize like I, I have an interest in, um, in it, I have interests and it's outside work and it stood out a little bit. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, and the other thing I just thought of was that um, make sure your SEEK profile, um, if you have your CV up there, is updated. So if you've had your SEEK CV on there years ago and it's out of date, it will um, seek all that keywords. So if you have, um, if a recruiter or an employee is doing a keyword search on their database to find you, if, you ha- if you've gone from being, like I found someone's CV and updated since 2015, on seek and then when we called them they'd gone into um they've done child protection back then and then they'd gone into homelessness um in the last five years and we were, i was like oh that's totally not relevant to the role that i thought i was going to put you forward to um but it was also a valid point that she was like oh i hadn't even thought to update my um cv and my seek profile so make sure your linkedin's updated and your seek um cv is updated on the system um if you are wanting to be approached for roles and i think there's a feature where you can um, on Seek where you can actually say, click a button or a tick box that says, yes, I'm open to being contacted for positions. Mm. And then you'll come up in searches when we search you and we'll approach you about opportunities. And a lot of people are getting headhunted now um, from that versus applying for a job. So that would shortcut the whole having to impress, having to apply for process if you have your updated profile. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely use that function as well. And I'm surprised how people sometimes don't order their most recent experience that's relevant. So I still see some people who might still have their casual job at, at you know, a local hospitality chain or um, a retail shop <laughs> and that comes up first. And if I've only got a split second to make a decision and someone's working as a retail assistant at a local um, department store versus someone else who's doing work in an aged care facility I'm like oh which one am I going to go for so even making sure the order is relevant yes. to the position yeah most recent experience at the top definitely all right so we've read the job ad we've looked up and maybe done a bit of social media stalking of the company we've got a sense <laughs> that what they are what they're about we've done all the work of the cover letter and resume let's say we get the job are there yeah. any kind of top tips you have for nailing that first interview for making that um that first kind of be the face-to-face or online zoom session impression yeah through yeah if you look up um taylor care recruitment on youtube i've actually got some good videos on interview top tips um for phone interviews and zoom as well as um face-to-face i've come up with some cool little few minute videos for that um but one of my tips that i notice a lot in this sector is that uh, something that, you know, I guess you're trained in and taught is that you look at everything as a collective, as a we that we bring to the team. You know, as a team, we delivered this service for our clients. 
and um you know it's not it it's talking as a collective so people in the interview don't know what you bring as part of the we so what's the I that you bring to the team you know and actually nailing that down so it might be hey you're brilliant at dealing with um you know in a crisis situation with a client you're the person that goes in and calms the situation down and works with that client you might be the person who's great manager um, who can direct people on how to deal with that client at that time. Um, you might be someone who's great with policy and procedure or have stakeholder networks that you go draw upon in a crisis that helps the team to deliver what they need to. So actually think about and articulate that at an interview. You know, when they ask a scenario question, actually say to them, hey, yeah, I've had a similar situation at my work and as a team, we handled it this way. But what I did was, I was great at dealing with, um, you know, the client in that crisis situation. I talked them through it and go through the steps that you take to help do deliver that part. Don't assume the panel will know what you've done or how you do it. Just because it says you're a caseworker in your CV doesn't mean that, that all the panel will understand exactly what casework looks like in that particular company that you're working in. Actually, like, you know, give uh, like, you know, a step-by-step -step detail of, the, of your thought processes and what you do so they can see if that aligns with their company and how they like to work. Um, and I think that always impresses the panel when they can say, hey, this is what I bring to a team. Um, if you're looking for this, and even if you're shy or not very confident, like actually saying I am the hard worker in a team, you know, I'm not the type that needs to be recognized and puts myself out there sometimes, but you, you know that when you rely on me, I'm a hard worker, I'll go the extra mile, I'll put in the extra effort. When the team have ch checked out for the day, I stay late and get the job done. Like. You know, it's um, everyone needs different personalities in a team. So don't assume that everyone needs to be bubbly and outgoing. And that's what the company wants. It could be actually, no, we've got a lot enough for those kind of people in the team. You need actually someone who's that quiet cousins who can just get the job done, um, you know, and without drama. <laughs> so, you know, we've got to have a mix of people in a team. Um, and so, yeah, actually saying, yeah, I'm that quiet presence, that calm in a, in a storm that can bring that to a team. and a lot of people value that you're actually using it as a selling point rather than a negative um finding a way to say that in a way that with with confidence you know and clarity is always important excellent some really and then you can tips. yeah yeah and then you can really shine i think everyone has their unique style and they need to shine in that and be proud um, of that and what they bring to the party yeah so it's a, i think it's about being um authentic and both of us being brene brown fans we um we incorporate a lot of that language into our work but it, it really is about this is who i am and these are my strengths not sort of um trying to pretend to be something you're not because you do need a bit of everything in a team you need someone who dots i's and crosses t's and you need big ideas people and you need people who are really diligent yep. with policy and procedure and you need people who are really good with complex cases and you need some who are active learners and share information like you you need a mixture and you might yeah. need that that extra bit that they're looking for exactly all right so do you want to mention again the um the places where people can find out a bit more about you and i'll put some links in the show notes so you've got your youtube channel yeah. um yes we've also built a, a group that i uh, would love your listeners to join the social work um, counseling psychology community that we've been growing on Facebook. So it's um, yeah, almost got 4,000 members now. And we're really excited um, to see that grow and build a community where we bring all the different specializations together um, as a community. So definitely join us on there. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn and um, Instagram as well. So yeah, I'd love to connect with any of the listeners who listen to this. And if there are listeners who are um 
in in positions where they yeah. are the the recruiters what um yeah. what can they do if they're thinking oh this all sounds too hard I want to pass it on to somebody else what can you offer them yeah. Yeah, so we uh, specialise in community services recruitment. So we do a lot with not-for-profits and JS clients um, and government. And we are able to take that pressure of recruitment away. We have different packages available for people, whether it's just a one-off role that they're struggling to fill or uh, long-term, you know, they need to partner with someone who's going to really give them that consultative approach. We are definitely passionate about that. I'm an IUK community ambassador um, with my experience in mental health so I'm very about helping and mobilize workforces and teams and businesses um, through my work um, and my business and we give a lot to charity every person we place into a job we donate um, $500 to um, our charities that we support so knowing that you're working around about you know making money we're all about giving back where we can and we're making income to make an impact so you know, when you partner with someone like Taylor Care, that we're, we've got that heart and passion behind what we do. And it's not just lip service, but we actually do do that in everything we do. So we have that care element. Um, hence why we've got the name Taylor Care Recruitment. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for sharing. And I'll, um, I'll put a link to some of those um, in, the, in the show notes and people can do a bit of a hunt and find you if they need you. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank for your you. time today. It's been great to chat. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed my second interview with Kate and it gave you some really practical tips on the kinds of things you can do in your resume and in your cover letters when you're applying for jobs. Uh, keep in mind to check out uh, Kate's Facebook group. There's a lot of resources and conversation in there for counsellors, psychologists, social workers, anybody in that field. And you can also check out her website for some of those services and products she was talking about. And please share this episode with anyone you think might be interested. It really helps other people find the podcast. And if you're in Melbourne, um, I'm running some youth mental health first aid training through my practice, The Therapy Hub. So hop on over to thetherapyhub.com.au and check out some of the training that I offer. I know it's incredibly valuable to upskill and I really recommend looking for some uh, training and some other professional development opportunities that are relevant to your workspace. So if you work with teenagers, uh, you want to get into schools or work with people sort of age 12 to 25, this might be something that you're interested in. So hop on over to the therapyhub.com.au website and check it out.